0: Hello, friends! Welcome back to the podcast. A group of slimes draws near. This is going to be a Dragon Quest extravaganza, at least for the first little part of this, of the JRPG Report, episode 167. We are all kinds of fired up uh, here in the JRPG community. As late last night, about 1130 pm Eastern Standard Time um, the English version of the Dragon Quest 35th anniversary uh, live stream event went on it um, it started 30 minutes before that in Japanese but um, uh, I think they actually did it in four different languages out uh, for the entire world so uh, lots of people tuning in to check out exactly. What Square Enix was going to be talking about? Um, as a lifelong Dragon Quest fan, um, picking it pretty much as soon as I could uh, here in the West. Uh, a young uh, six or seven-year-old kid. Uh, it was Legend of Zelda's and Mario's and Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy. So uh, it has held a special place in my heart, and uh, and will continue. Uh, for the time being, uh, I kind of thought they were going to look back a little bit more at some of the history, but uh, they really just used the uh, event to, to reach a very broad audience. And uh, the uh, MC for the event was a, a Japanese man who goes by Joy, and uh, he was extremely good. I enjoyed his enthusiasm, and uh, they brought on uh, Yuri Hora, of course, the... Uh, creator, and director of anything and everything, Dragon Quest, and um, they had six videos to show, so, and they announced this right at the beginning, so you knew that you were in store for something uh, pretty special. Let's just quickly um, go through um, the ones that, (laughs) Um, not that I don't care about them, but they're probably not coming to the West, so, uh, the first one that they let off with was a, a puzzle game called Dragon Quest Ketchy And this was announced for iOS and Android. It's due out sometime this year in uh, in Japan. Uh, it looks very cute. Uh, <laughs> uh no, never mind. It actually says there is a Western release also planned for this game. Um, kind of a puzzle type game. So I don't know. It's it's coming to the West. I may actually um check that one out. Um very, very cool looking, but yeah, not a, not a JRPG, uh, in actual JRPG announcements from last night, they did say that, uh, there is a, let's see, this is going to be version six of the online and Japan only Dragon Quest 10. Uh, it kind of showed, uh, going throughout the v- different versions, how the series has evolved, um, it's been out for quite a while, I want to say like 10 years, um, something like that. But unfortunately, we've yet to, and I cannot imagine we will ever get this one in the West. There is going to be a Dragon Quest X offline mode. That was another video that they showed off uh, for it. Kind of, um, They kind of used chibi characters from it, and I'm not exactly sure what they're going to do with this because you don't need an internet connection. To play it, it will launch in 2022. In Japan, platforms were not announced, nor if this is going to be Japan-only as well. I would have to probably imagine so, that since 10 is Japan-only, I would, I would guess this is going to be that way. So, but, uh, let's skip ahead to um, the reason why you are uh, probably here in the thumbnail for this image. Let's go ahead and talk about it. Dragon Quest Twelve. It has been announced. It's been rumored for a couple years that they were working on it, but nothing official. Well, uh, the cat is out of the bag, and uh, it, it is official. Dragon Quest Twelve: The Flames of Fate. And uh, the it was purely a teaser trailer that came out for it at the very end, and um, kind of shows up. Uh, barren rocky wasteland and then there's some flames that come popping up and uh it the flames initially make an 11 um roman numeral and then a extra slash comes right down the middle to make 12. um platforms and release dates were not announced they did say a simultaneous worldwide release is planned they use that term a couple times last night for uh, some of these other games we're going to talk about momentarily. And that was it <laughs> for the actual trailer. Uh, according to Dragon Quest game designer Yuji Horii, uh, Dragon Quest Twelve: the Flames of Fate will feature dark, mature content and force characters to make various decisions to determine their way of life. And this wasn't exactly explained but it, he did kind of hint at the series' traditional command battles will be revamped, but fans of the series should be able to enjoy it without discomfort. <laughs> uh, there you go. Uh, I wasn't quite sure what to make of that at first. As I'm replaying 11, um, you know, there's definitely things in there that have uh, at least deviated slightly from the tried and true. Dragon Quest formula. I don't mind er experimentations and new ways to enjoy it um, as long as they keep what has made the series so beloved for so long intact. Um, It will run on Unreal Engine 5 and is going to be directed by uh, Takeshi Yugakawa. Square Enix is currently hiring staff for the game, according to Hori, while the story is complete and only needs to be implemented, this is a big game, so there will be some time to go before completion. Um, this may see a PlayStation 4 version, but especially with running on Unreal Engine 5, I can't imagine this is not a PlayStation 5 game, and um, I think Jake asked me if he thought that this game would be coming out next year, and I kind of laughed. I was like, you know, They just pretty much teased the logo. And while Hori sees the story is complete, um, (laughs) the story is the easiest part to write. Uh, The game is going to take a while. I said I'd be happy if I was playing it in 2024. And that may be conservative. I don't know. (laughs) These things take a while to make, especially a game of this size. Let's think back just recently example of uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. A game that's not even a full game is only a fraction of a game and took, what, seven years to come out from announcement to actual playing? So, yeah, they're only getting longer. I don't anticipate that for this title. I certainly don't hope that is the case, but it's exciting. It's absolutely very exciting that we finally have confirmation that this is a thing and it's coming whenever that is and as we get more information, I will, of course, bring it to you. I kind of feel like they use this platform and everybody's engine to announce it. We do have E3 and Tokyo Game Show coming up. So, fingers crossed, there could be something a little more shown. But I, I really don't think so. I, I feel like, um, as he said, uh, there's still a long ways to go. They have already shown Final Fantasy 16 in the in action, of course, remake part two. I don't think this E three or TGS is necessarily the place to show Dragon Quest Twelve, but uh, it was one heck of a way to end the live stream. Uh, it was not very long; I think right under an hour, or right about an hour long. So they showed off quite a bit. But, um, so we've got that to look forward to. But let's uh, let's talk about two other videos that were shown. And uh, I guess the fourth one shown, fourth or fifth, I'm not sure exactly which one, was one called Dragon Quest Treasures. And you say, well, what is that? I mean, you've got, you know, the offshoots of the monsters and the builders titles. And like, oh, treasures, what's this? You actually know what this is because it is the long teased and rumored to be new monsters title starring Dragon Quest XI's Eric and his sister Mia. They're doing this in a completely new direction and calling it Treasures. Let's um, yeah, release date was not announced, but again, a simultaneous worldwide release was planned. And here is a message from producer Tachi Tashi Unizuka. We're working on a completely new spinoff for the Dragon Quest series called Dragon Quest Treasures. You may have seen us show the designs for Eric and Mia's children before, and although... Various twists and turns, they have become the lead characters of Treasures. Keep in mind, they are young, um, seven or eight, looking a very young age. Um, he says, I can't reveal too much about the game at the moment, but I can tell you some important key things, one being Eric and Mia's childhood, and the other being treasure hunting. It's an RPG, but nothing like a traditional one, and that's about all I can say right now. Release date and the platforms will be play that will be playable on are yet announced, but we're working closely with Dragon Quest game designer Hidoyori uh, to make a worldwide simultaneous release happen, and they'll bring you more information at a later date. There was a trailer to go along with that. It looks really cool. Um, now this game looks like a PlayStation 4 and Switch title, <laughs> um, and that's not a bad thing. At all, it looks fun. It definitely looks much more action RPG oriented, and uh, while not showing off uh, too much, uh, definitely an emphasis on treasure hunting. So it could be kind of a fun little offshoot to it. But um, you know, we've been waiting on whatever that game was going to be with Eric and, and Mia, and uh, as they are pretty awesome characters in Dragon Quest Eleven, it was. Fun to see them finally in a video form. Uh, as with the teaser trailer for Dragon Quest 12, you can see this trailer over on our YouTube channel, JRPG Report, and kind of decide for yourself what uh, what exactly is going on in this one, and uh, if you're excited for it or not. I-, I think they're further along with this one. They've been working on it for a while. Um, like I said, it does seem to be more familiar hardware, so I would guess it probably be next year. Uh, possibly sleeping at the end of this year, but more than likely, this one's coming out, I'd say in 2022. Now, <laughs> I saved the best of the Dragon Quest for last. And you're going to say, what? Dragon Quest 12?" That's that's the big announcement. That's what it gets excited for. That is true. But as I mentioned, I feel like this game is a ways off. And there was a surprise announcement right there after the um, Dragon Quest 10 news. And like I said. I don't know if it was before Treasures or after. But they showed a very old looking game. From the olden days. As they say. Uh, <laughs> Famicom graphics. And um, of course it kind of got my interest very quickly. Then it showed the mobile uh, slash Switch remake of it. And then it showed something completely new. And this was Dragon Quest three in a brand new HD 2D remake format. Um, the obvious and immediate comparison is to Octopath Traveler. So take that Dragon Quest look and feel and imagine in your mind's eye what it would look like in Octopath. And you have the remake of Dragon Quest Three, what some consider to be one of the best ones in the series. A release date was not announced, nor platforms. Again, this looks like an obvious and easy PlayStation 4 slash Switch title. Here's a message from producer Masaki Hayasaki. Hegas- Up to now, I've worked on various games such as Octopath Traveler and Various Day Life. The HD 2D style we're using combines pixel art with 3D effects to produce a sense of depth and atmosphere like nothing else. We hope that by creating Dragon Quest III in this HD 2D style, everyone will have the chance to experience the game through fresh eyes. From adults who played the original back when it was first released to little kids picking up for the first time, we are aiming for simultaneous release on home consoles, the restate date has not been decided yet. But what it is, you'll be the first to know. So uh, obviously, check out the other trailers, but I do yourself a favor and hover to our YouTube channel and check this video out. I think you're going to be excited as I am about it. Um, I'm playing through two off and on at the moment. The, I'm gonna throw up the air quotes, the mobile remake for it. it is really well done. It's nothing like this. This is how, if Dragon Quest Three was made, now it should be made. Um, beautiful, beautiful style, down to every last little detail. And as a kid, I never got to play 3 I've actually still, to this day, never played Part three. And now that I see this, I'm going to hold off on picking up that mobile remake of three and wait for this game. This was shown off both battle system and in-town graphics. I think they're further along with this. It just happened to kind of, uh, they kept it under radar very well. And uh, we're able to make a big splash announcement out of everything. As far as like my videos were posted last night, as soon as it happened, the biggest reaction um, has been this game. Um, and I think obviously it helps having gameplay shown (laughs) as opposed to just a title. Um, I would hope that we can get our hands on this game next year, and I think you're going to be excited about it as well because it's got some pretty high pedigree behind it. A lot of people love the Octopath style, that Project Triangle also using the same style. I think you're going to be pretty excited and, uh, definitely invite you to check that out. And that's, that was the 35th anniversary live stream. It did not disappoint whatsoever. I'm so glad I stayed up for it. I was actually just live streaming my replay of Drank West 11 S definitive edition. And, uh, it got to the point where it started and I kind of, you know, was still trying to play at the same time and quickly it ramped up and I uh, <laughs> had to kind of call it, call it a night at that point. But, um, on a side note, if you're, if you're looking to check out what the game looks like and join our live streams, we do try to get on about 10 o'clock each night and play until 11.30, 12ish, something like that. And I invite you guys to come check that out on our YouTube channel for our nightly live streams and all of the videos that we talk about in today's podcast. If you couldn't already tell, today is going to be a jam-packed show. I've got a lot of stuff. To talk about, that was obviously the big lead, but we've got an update for The Legend of Heroes Kuro Nogazeki. It will launch on September 30th in Japan for PlayStation 4. So I definitely was um, saying this game is coming to PS5. It is coming to PS5. It's going to be playable on it, but they're saying this is a uh, coming out for PS4. Um, I don't see how they're doing it. I really don't. The graphics look amazing so i'm not quite sure how that is going on but um there you go i hope they can stick to that release date and then you're talking about four months from now in japan so they've gotten pretty far um along with it and i'm pretty pretty excited uh there was a update for it some new images came out of the weekly famitsu magazine um two new characters have joined the fight. The first is going to be Judith Ranster. She's 22. And she uses what is called a Stella Boot, which is uh, called a Meteor Whip. <laughs> it looks like uh, kind of a cross between like a Stella, Sarah, and Sharia. Um, with styles and weapon choice. Uh, They say she is one of the top actresses of the horrible cinema industry. She catches the eyes of many fans with her skilled acting and pinkish blonde hair. She has a friendly personality, but is also highly professional when it comes to her work as an actress. Um, She also has a strong will and sense of justice to stand up for the weak, no matter who she has to face against. Although she appears to be an actress to the media, she also has a secret side job that she conducts in between her acting. But due to her highly clumsy personality, she often finds herself in unideal situations and sometimes even lets her enemies in on her weaknesses. Uh, <laughs> looks like an awesome character. Uh, some of the screenshots showed her in battle as well, and the meteor whip <laughs> looks like a blast to play with, uh, kind of going all over the battlefield. Uh, the second character named, and this is, uh, kind of giving a big old hoorah for us older gamers. No, you know, this guy's maybe taking it to the next level of grandpa level. Uh, but he is, uh, bird guard Z- Zaman. He is 69 years old. So grandpa's still out there <laughs> uh, keeping up with the young kids. Uh, he uses a gauntlet and armor and looks like a, big fella there to fight, a muscular, one-eyed man who is a master of the Kunlun style, one of the three great Eastern martial arts, has many students across the continent. He used to travel the continent of Zemaria for work, but has since retired and abandoned his real name to enjoy traveling and living his life the way he desires to. To Van, he he was a mentor who taught him proper martial arts. Burgard never stopped Van from becoming a fixer, either. Later on, during the conflict between the Empire and the Republic, Van heard that Burgard died after being involved in a certain incident, but obviously uh, he didn't. (laughs) They talk a little bit about the uh, crafts and talk about one of each for uh, each of the characters. They say in the command battles of Chrono Koseki, you can activate character-specific skills called crafts by by spending your CP, or craft points, that accumulate during battle. Uh, These crafts are able to attack multiple enemies, boost the status of the party members for a limited time, negate the effects of enemy crafts, and much more. You guys know about this if you played Legend of Heroes games. Understanding each craft's effects are the key to turning the tide in battle. So, Van's uh, craft is Coin Bullet, and uh, immediately, it kind of made me think of a coin toss from some of the old Final Fantasy games. Uh, he uh, they say inflicts damage in a half-circle range by shooting coins at enemies. Uh, in the picture, he's got a, a tin mirror coin that he's flipping uh, towards enemies. This craft has very little downtime, so it's easy to shift to the next action. It also decreases the attack power of enemies. Uh, Agnes, she uses the Glow Hammer. It deploys a Orbal Field in the hammer shape and inflicts damage to enemies stuck struck within its range. It recovers EP according to how much damage it deals. Now, that's useful. And also, uh, so it's also a useful craft if you're fighting mainly with Arts, which you probably will be with her. Um, fairy, again, uh, I guess that's how you say her name. She uses Rapid Burst. Of course, she's got the gun weapon, so it is an attack craft that shoots enemies in a half-circle range. It has a slightly low damage, but is able to lower the enemy's attack power, so its true value is exhibited in battles against many enemies. Um, Aaron uses the Eagle Talon Kick, a high-damage double jump kick technique from the Eastern martial arts, Moonflower style. This craft only attacks a single enemy, but the, outpers- but the damage output is extraordinary and restricts enemies from using skills. Uh, Rosette uses the Sonic Chaser. She engulfs herself with light and moves at super speed to unleash a flurry of blows with her fists and blade gear. This craft can only target a single enemy, but has a high damage output and enables Rosette to maintain her boosted speed. And... Uh, Lapras uses what's called, well, it's a weird name, Quatre Salson. Uh, Quatre inputs a special code into his pulse gun, and FIO, the orbital drone, lays down a power field around him, which boosts his attack for the in time, as well as acts as a shield. I'll be honest, uh, uh, he's probably the least one I'm going <laughs> to use it in my party. Uh, Judith uses Criminal Butte. A area-of-effect attack craft that attracts enemies around her with the whip. We've seen that before with, like, uh, Sharon's crafts. It kind of draws them in and then attacks. Then attacks with rotating strikes. It has a decent amount of damage output and reach, enabling Judith to attack many enemies within her range. Lastly, Burgard uses Howling Boost. He roars at the enemies and then damages them. It also boosts its own statuses, disables the enemy's movements, and negates any status boost the enemy may have had. Oh, man. <laughs> the more I read about this game, like I've stated plenty of times before, the more excited that I get. This is coming out Japan September 30th. This game is definitely going to be out before we get Hajimari no in the West. They're going to do it again. <laughs> and it's frustrating. And I don't know what to say about it. It, As I stated before, I'm getting more and more excited about this game, even though it's definitely um, not coming out uh, anytime soon over here. If So, I mean, like I said, hopefully we get it by the end of next year. But Hajimari has got to get going. In order to get going on this game, and uh, but yeah, the, the more I see about it, you can check out all the images that were released today in a slideshow put together. Head over to our YouTube channel to do that. Um, these just came out a little while ago, so I still need to put them together. But there were some uh, updated high-resolution graphics, remastered and redrawn backgrounds, uh, and showing off the new updated user interface for Legend of Mana's remaster. Um, If you recall, we've not talked about this uh, in a while, but uh, this remastered edition of Legend of Mana is due out for PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC via Steam on June 24th for $29.99. You can pre-order it on the eShop right now. I think there was about 20 or so um, included in that. Here's the latest details. About it. Uh, in Legend of Mana, new and returning players will step into the shoes of their protagonists, embarking on a journey to find the mystical Mana seen in a dream, only to discover that the world map is empty. Throughout their adventure, players will encounter multiple stories, a colorful cast of characters, square off against fearsome m- monsters in real time combat, explore the vast world of Fidel, all while experiencing the beloved GRPG's timeless. Stories looks pretty good. I, I can't say it looks great from these screenshots, but it does look pretty good. And, um, I think people who enjoyed it the first time are really going to enjoy this one. I, I kind of forgot about this one coming out so soon. So just about, um, less than a month away where it's June 24th releasing. And obviously a pretty good price point on that at 29, 99. So give me a little bit of time after you listen to this podcast and I'll try to have those images up On YouTube as well. If you're impatient and want to see it right now, head over to either our Facebook or Twitter pages under JRPG Report and you can check out those articles for yourself. If you're looking forward to Disguise 6 Defiance of Destiny and uh, you've got your Switch handy, well, head over to the eShop because there is a demo that you can download and play. It features the first two chapters of the game and save data from the demo can be carried over to the full game when it launches. Additionally, digital pre-orders for the game are available now on the eShop. And anyone who, um, users who own any of the following titles when pre-ordering will receive a 10% discount. I guess, obviously, you'll have to own the digital copy of it for the eShop to know that you have these. Um Nintendo uh, might love to pry into your <laughs> private information, but it probably doesn't know your personal physical collection. So if you've got any of the Disgaea 1, 4, or 5, Labyrinth of Refrain, Langrisser 1 and 2, Lance Live HD, Colegia Effect Overdose, or even Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel 3 or 4, if you've already bought those from the eShop, you'll get a 10% discount off of Disgaea 6. Hey, that's pretty cool. Um, I don't read that statement very often, if ever. So, way to go, Switch owners. Too bad PS4 <laughs> owners in the West who are not going to get to enjoy this one, at least still nothing, nothing yet. Disgaea 6 Defiance of Destiny will launch for Nintendo Switch on June the 29th in North America. In Europe, if you would uh, just want to check out the demo trailer, you can do that on our YouTube channel. But yeah, I've talked to a couple of people who have played the demo, and they seem to be enjoying it. Some of the when we saw the first video of English gameplay for the game, it didn't show very well. Uh, there were some noticeable performance issues. I didn't know if it was from the game itself, maybe just a bad internet connection, since they were zooming it. So, uh, people who have played the demo say there are no issues. It is running fantastically on the Switch. And that is definitely good news to hear. Uh, This story might have been the lead any other week (laughs) besides this one. Um, We talked, uh, I guess it's been a few months now when Nintendo announced the Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Remaster games, as well as uh, the new... What was that one called? Arceus? Pokemon Legends Arceus? Well, we've got release dates for those uh, three games. Uh, first up, the Pokemon Legends Arceus game will launch January 28, 2022 for the Nintendo Switch, the Pokemon company announced. I'm guessing that is a worldwide release date, because they haven't said... Um, Anything otherwise. Here's a quick overview of it. They say in the game, the Pokemon series takes a bold new direction, fusing action with RPG elements. It takes place in the Sano region of the past, long before the events of Diamond and Pearl. As the game's protagonist, the player will set out to create and complete the region's first Pokedex by catching, surveying, and researching the wild Pokemon that live there. So I guess that's that's timely. I, I, I didn't realize that was long before that one, so it makes sense that these games are coming out uh, in a short amount of time. So uh, on to Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Those will be a little bit earlier. They will launch for the Switch on November 19th worldwide, the Pokemon company announced. A double pack featuring both versions will also be available. The uh, They're saying these are faithful remakes of Diamond and Pearl, which released back on the DS in 2006, they say whether players, whether or not players have explored the Snow Region before, they can look forward to this great adventure reborn on the Nintendo Switch. The original story has been faithfully reproduced, and various game functions have been colorfully revitalized. Trainers can expect an adventure through the Snow Region that feels both nostalgic and. Fresh. So if you've been looking forward to these games, like, hey, when are those Pokemon games coming out? Well, not much longer. November 19th for Diamond and Pearl. And oh, I've already closed the page, but yeah, in <laughs> January uh, for the brand new game. Um, also, in Switch news, it was announced that the Dragon Star Venar will be coming to the West this summer for the Switch. Uh, this game is already available um, on. Uh, Well, every other, (laughs) on all the other systems, it's finally making its way to uh, Switch. Uh, Idea Factory International announced that will be coming sometime this summer. There is a physical edition available through the Idea Factory International's online store and limited run games. You can pre-order that starting on June the 15th. I remember uh, Jake did a big write-up for this one. Talking all about it, uh, he definitely enjoyed the game. There were some some things that kind of took you out of the whole experience that could have been better, but you know, it's finally making its way to the Switch, and it will be then available on well, <laughs> just about everything. In other <laughs> Switch news, Dragon Quest, not Dragon Quest. Good grief! Monster Hunter Rise version 3.0 update will launch. Today, May the 27th, Capcom announced it adds new huntable monsters, Crimson, Glow, Vowstax, and Apex, Xenogora, as well as a new ending to advance the story and more. New monsters appear in HubQuest. New monsters appear in the Rampage. New quests will be available. New combat locale will be available. New weapon trees, armor, and layered armor will be available. New skills and rampage skills, all kinds of new stuff, new stuff including bug fixes and miscellaneous items. There's a full list of everything that's going on um, on our either Facebook or Twitter pages. You can see the full notes that are coming on um, in mid June. There is going to be the Capcom collaboration number one, which will feature Monster Hunter Stories: Two Wings of Ruins. Palico layered armor. At the end of June, version 1.3, or I'm sorry, 3.1 with new DLC and event quest. End of July, we'll get version 3.2 with the Capcom collaboration number 2, as well as DLC and Event Quest. And at the end of August will be version 3.3 with collaboration number 3. Um, so, yeah, you can uh, you can get that right now for the Switch. It is still due out for PC in early 2022, so it sounds like it's going to have all those things that just talked about already on it day one when it finally makes its way. If you're looking to see what exactly is in there, there was a new version 3.0 update trailer on our YouTube channel, as well as trailer number four for Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin. Um yeah, that's uh, we've been getting. We begin these fairly often, leading up to its release uh, for PC and Switch on July the ninth. They say um, in the latest trailer for the game, it provides fans with the first glimpse of the rage-inducing light that has suddenly begun affecting monsters around the world. The trailer also teased new story details about the protagonist's connection with the Raz-wing. Ratha, the whereabouts of their grandfather and the legendary Monster Rider Red. And some returning characters from the first Monster Hunter stories, which I found out this week in doing uh, five seconds of research, (laughs) was a 3DS game that came out back in 2016. They say, While the connection between the the Rage Rays, the global disappearance of the Rathias, and the birth of the Rayswing Ratha is unclear, Players can rely upon the assistance of their battle buddy, Vinia, and her Monsty Frostfang, who make the return from Monster Hunter Stories to help unrival the mystery. This game is looking pretty cool. I've said before, this very well could be the first Monster Hunter game that I played, because, well, it's turn-based, and it looks pretty awesome. You can check out that official fourth trailer over on our YouTube channel is this? <laughs> this the podcast is not purely about Switch games, by the way. So, um, PC owners, um, Mercenaries: Blaze, Dawn of the Twin Dragons, it will be available for PC starting on June the tenth. It is already available on PlayStation Four and Switch. This is the pub. This is from publisher. Fly High works and developer Radion. It's a turn-based strategy RPG. You can check out the um, I've got an old trailer for it on the on the YouTube channel if you want to see exactly what it's looking like. But yeah, it's finally making its way to the Switch or not? It's finally making its way to PC. So that's definitely a good thing. Uh, before its release here in just about two weeks. A bunch of different outlets got their hands on Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, I was going to say <laughs> integrate, but episode intermission. So yeah, gosh, there was a there was a ton of different ones. 4 Dengeki, Femetsu. Uh, games radar game watch IGN all the usual suspects got their hands on it and uh, can properly ruin the short DLC segment if you choose to do so I do not have any of that on the YouTube channel but you can check out the links via either Facebook or Twitter if you don't plan on playing this I guess and really want to see what it's about but with such a short game've I've already seen I've seen enough. I just want to play the thing. I just need to get a PS5 so that I can do that. I lost out on the lottery this past week. Um, it's, It's a PS5. Man, it is getting to the point where people have really been trying this for six months to win this lottery. And it's just not working because what happens is, whether it's Amazon, Walmart, Target, Best Buy, whatever, when just the system comes out, these scalpers are there. And so you've got artificial <laughs> scalper as well as high customer demand. And it's starting to look like the only way I'd I hesitate on this at first is like either GameStop or um, I'm in a raffle, so to speak, to try to get one from New Egg or a Sony Direct drop. The bundle, the scalpers don't touch. So... You're going to get that extra controller, a couple games. It's going to cost you a little bit more. But it sounds like that's going to be the best way for me to get this thing. And fingers crossed that it happens sometime in the near future because I've only been going at this for a little while. and It's already frustrating, but I can only imagine what people are going through and just basically going to give up. Great system. They really should have not done it this way. Anyway, back to JRPG news. Uh, right now, you can play Shimigami Tensei Three Nocturne HD Remaster. It's av- already out and available for PlayStation Four and Switch, um, as well as PC. There was a Western launch trailer to go along with it, of course. As there, uh, as there always is, a new game. I want to talk about. Right, fast and uh, not a traditional JRPG, but definitely has some elements to it. And I think it looks gorgeous. It's got a turn-based battle system. It's a tactical RPG called Reverie Knights Tactics. It was announced for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC from publisher 1C Entertainment, developer 40Giants Entertainment. It will launch sometime... In 2021. They say it's a turn based tactical RPG with strategic battles and isometric grids where every decision you make can alter the story and way you configure the characters. Embark on an expedition to find Lon- Lenorin, the long lost elven city, to save your loved ones while fighting the goblin menace that spreads terror across the continent. Lead your party of heroes, each one with a distinct special ability and skills allowing you to use multiple battle strategies to defeat your enemies. Discover a fantasy world featuring a deep map and scenario exploration in an epic adventure visual novel style. It has a beautiful hand-drawn art style. That's kind of one of the things that draw me to it. Obviously, it's a strategy RPG, so I doubt I'll be able to play it, but man, I think it looks beautiful. Uh, they say meticulous multi-layer artwork from pencil, sketch, to full detail color. There is a reveal trailer that you can check out on our YouTube channel if you're kind of intrigued by this one. Let me know what you think about it in the comments below, but I am intrigued. Um, it has some elements to it, and like I said, that art style really kind of drew me into it from the get-go. There was a Big feature in the latest issue of Weekly Famitsu, talking all about a new strategy RPG from Katakawa Games, and it is called Relayer. Um, no release date was announced for it. It's kind of a big reveal about it, but looks like a, uh, not again, not your typical JRPG. Definitely space mech battles, but hey, that's fun too. They say a new space opera themed after space, mechs, and Greek mythology. Yeah, because that's a connection you usually make. Uh, Weekly Famousia has done a first look at the unique characters that appear in the game's deep story in which many powers collide, as well as a look at the turn-based battle system in which player players pilot robots called Stella Gear. I, <laughs> you, you've got my attention. I, I, I don't know a whole lot more about it. Um, the... A protagonist of the game is called the star child Terra. Over 30 major characters will appear and each one will be, will be explored through sub scenarios and so on. And here's a interview with the producer and director Yoshimi Yasuda. You see, development is moving forward on PlayStation five. We are currently developing without thinking about PS4. So it will probably give us a hard time later. Uh, God Wars is a strategy RPG, but this is a strategy RPG with a low threshold and wide range of difficulties. For example, we do not plan to implement terrain effects. um, How do you say that word? Elevation. Good grief. Or Or unit direction effects. But we will not neglect the strategy. Obviously, it's in space, so there's not quite those things you have to worry about. Uh, there are some bosses where the difference in size between any stellar gear and the enemy's builds are equivalent to a <laughs> equivalent to a human versus Mount Fuji. That's awesome! Oh, I can't wait to see that. There are plans for a trilogy. There's always plans for a trilogy. Any any good game should come in a trilogy, shouldn't it? So yeah, well, this game sounds insane. <laughs> kind of has that. Uh, um, Xenosaga meets Xenogears-type feel. Um, there's there's some, maybe something here. I want to see it. Uh, I want to see a video first. Uh, right now, there's just a handful of images. Not much the um, the first main image that they show. I mean, obviously, there's some Gundam um, <laughs> flair to it. Um, but in space, two giant mechs fighting a against each other. The characters look interesting. Uh, the only thing that's the image that came out for it was pretty much a scan, you know, from the magazine itself. So kind of small. You can't tell a ton about it, but I'm intrigued. So we'll be talking a little bit more about Relayer um, as more information comes out, because that was kind of just its first time talking about it. A game coming out uh, on July 22nd, in Japan, that is uh, Susano the Japanese Mythology RPG. It got a debut trailer. Um, it is due out for the Switch on July 22nd Japan. No word about a Western release or not. Maybe. I don't know. This one may or may not come around. It's kind of a cutesy style to it, but it's a turn-based strategy. Or a turn-based battle system. They had their re- reveal trailer, so if you're interested... A little bit more in it. You can check that out on our YouTube channel, as well as this video, which um, you can check out. Our social media about Fantasy Star Online Two New Genesis. They had a fourth prologue live stream detailing everything about it. You can watch that in full if you'd rather. You can read all the details and images from it on our social media channels, or you can head over to YouTube as I took. Um, they didn't release this separately, but I took the live stream, and uh, there was about a six-minute overview trailer at the very end tucked into the live stream. I wish they would have put it out you know, by itself. It would have made my job easier, but I took it, and uh, you can check that out. It kind of details everything um, that's going on. The game is shaping up quite nicely i'm sure there's going to be more about it. the uh, live stream detailed new areas characters skills and more that were not in the closed beta as well as the game's roadmap following the relaunch or following the launch of the game looks pretty good we'll give some more information on that as it gets closer to its release last thing we'll talk about in this a little bit longer podcast than normal And uh, this is, again, we've kind of said this a couple times, not your typical JRPG, and that is a good thing. I was unaware of this series before this announcement. It's been going on for a while, but this game is called Metal Max Xeno Reborn. It's coming to the West in 2022 for PS4, Switch, and PC. P-Cube will release the game. It's a remake of Metal Max Xeno, which first launched um, back in uh, September 2020 in Japan. So, I don't know how much of a remake it is since it just came out. Here's the overview of the game. Humanity is on the brink of extinction, and the last remaining survivors look to push back against the machines. Half a century ago, the war against the mother computer Noah has reduced even Asia's largest metropolis, Tokyo, to a rubble. Well, I I said Tokyo, but it's spelled... T-O-K-I-O. Explore this desolate wasteland and bow your way through onslaughts of enemies. Salvage, modify, and hit back using tanks, weaponry, and faithful battle dog Pochi to <laughs> reclaim the human uh, future for the human weight race. Set in a devastated world called Dystokia, Metal Max Xeno Reborn is a non-linear open-world JRPG with real-time battle and vehicle mechanic elements. Take control of Talos and search for other survivors who wish to fight back against the machines. There are no limits to where you can go, no matter your progression in the game. (laughs) Right? I mean, kind (laughs) of sounds like, uh, you know, Mad Max with some, I don't know, some uh, Xeno exploration aspects to it. They definitely showed... um, you can battle the tra- You got to check the trailer out, right? So head over to JRPG report, check out this trailer. Um, it showed like your little vehicle tank that you run around in and having fights with it, as well as running around with your teammates to try to uh, level up and survive in this post-apocalyptic world. Obviously you've got some terminator aspects with the rise against AI and them taking over the machines I just think like it sounds like all these mashup of ideas and give kind of some JRPG guidance to it. And I think it sounds really cool. (laughs) We'll see if it's complete uh, craziness or actually turns out to be a decent game when it comes to the West sometime um, in 2020. We'll keep you posted. That's going to do it for this one. Uh, Yeah, right at 50 minutes. That's a little bit longer than usual, but that's okay. We had a lot of fun stuff to talk about it. Um, We'll be back next week with more fun and maybe even some updates on some games we talked about this week. Don't forget to check out our social media channels. And uh, if you like what you're hearing and what we're doing on YouTube, we would gladly accept financial support. You can do it on Patreon. You can do it via the link. At the bottom of this, directly through Anchor, or even direct support uh, f- via PayPal, you can send that to Productions at gmail.com. Thanks so much, guys. All the links are in the show notes as well there for the episode. Really appreciate it, as I do each and every week. We'll catch you back here again next week with more fun JRPG news. My name is James Fisher, and until next time, get back out there and level up.